Welcome to Drunk Bible Study. This show's mission is to read every single word of the greatest story ever told. A warning to our listeners. The hosts of this show are sinners, but they're doing their best. There will be drinking and there may be some swears. They did say they'd try to keep it clean, but I wouldn't put my money on it. I'm Emily, and this is Drunk Bible Study, where my good friends Dedeker and Jace teach me, a born and raised atheist, all about the Bible. So, Jace and Dedeker, you both are like doing the same sort of dance, and this is yet another time in my life where I'm like, well, they're privy to some information that I'm not because they're in a relationship and they talk <laughs> outside of just me hanging out with them on these podcasts that we all do together. So, what the heck is going on? Yeah, there's a whole conspiracy behind your back, Emily. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, are you no, doing I... like a, a prayer to the lady? What's happening? <laughs> okay, so yeah. So for, for people listening at home, I was doing a dance with my hands together, you know, flat, two flat palms together, like a, a uh-huh. prayer slash a namaste. And it did get me thinking that when I was growing up, I never did this. I actually never did this hand gesture for praying. And I didn't know anybody who did that. I did the like knitting your, how do you describe it in an audio format? Like lacing your fingers together. There you go. Yeah. Nailed it. Like you're an old time boxing champion who's just won. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's always how I prayed and how everyone I knew did it. I didn't know anyone who did the two hands together. Now, it's so interesting. Now, I, I already want to do a bonus episode on looking into the origins of these hand gestures for Christians in particular. We can do that. I'm sure we can add that to write this. It, write it down. That sounds great. Yeah. I mean, the first thing off my top of my head is like, you just made the kids do that to keep their hands to themselves during prayer. Just give them <laughs> something to do. <laughs> yeah. Something mm, to do. Whatever works. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, here we are again for more Ezekiel. All it really like the main takeaway for me from last week was that The Rock created a rap song. That was fun. <laughs> and that he was doing and It was a banger. Yeah, it really was a banger and that you know, he was kind of just angry again as usual, as for usual. Did anything else happen that was really that yeah, he was jealous of the sex goddess or of some other person that we didn't quite know who it was from the bonus episode, but I'm assuming it was Beyonce. Yes, but do you remember that we also had like the ghost of Christmas future or whatever oh. take him, like teleported him around in a dream to yes. all the different... Ezekiel? Like, didn't Ezekiel, he pick him up by yeah. the hair? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Picked him up yeah. by the hair and dragged him around and showed him what was like the elders worshiping other gods and sticks Jeez. up the nose and right. the all women weeping of... for Tammuz. Yes, all sorts that. of wild yeah. stuff that you're not allowed to be doing. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's funny. Not that we're doing like Deuteronomy type things anymore, but it just kind of reminded me of that a little bit, like showing like, okay, don't do this. Yes, do this. Like Mm, things along that nature. It does seem that all of the prophets are just pointing back to, hey, you remember Deuteronomy? (laughs) Yeah. Remember Deuteronomy? (laughs) Yes. You're not doing it. Do you remember it? Sadly, we do. You're not doing it. Right. That is surprising if I think about this on a meta level, how many other books of at least, you know, the Old Testament are just pointing back toward, hey, Deuteronomy. Yeah. Well, in Deuteronomy's like lore now almost, it's like passed down from generation to generation. Like we're way past 
the time that Deuteronomy happened. Yeah. So how do these people even remember what that freaking book or whatever said? Was there a Deuteronomical, (laughs) Deuteronomical literature thing? Well, yes, because it was the law. Posted on the town, like, board or something? (laughs) Like, what's happening? Because it was just the law. It wasn't, it wasn't, oh, this is a book of the Bible. It was like, these are the laws. Got it. Okay. Of our people and our culture. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Things can change. Do you think that some of them were, you know, carved onto walls or written down in various Mm -hmm. places and also passed down. And then you remember there was also that thing a couple books ago, I forget which book now, but where the priest, quote unquote, found an old book of the laws of Yahweh. They're like, oh, yeah. Like in an old broom closet in the church. And they're like, oh. (laughs) Forgot about this thing. Wow. We haven't been doing any of that. Yikes. Yeah. (laughs) God's going to be mad. Yeah. That's hilarious. All righty. Well, what what are we all drinking today? Jace, I saw like a very pretty coupe glass or martini glass in your hand. Yeah, I don't martini. know. I don't know yes. names of glasses. But I guess I would call glass. it like a martini glass. Yeah, um, but this is coupe is rounded okay. on the side. Uh, okay. Mm. So this is part of the set of uh, glassware from Dedeker's grandma. Oh, so that's fun, lovely. Um, but this uh, drink that I made is called a dry Manhattan, and I just discovered it today, mostly because I was looking up what can I make with the ingredients that I have on hand. Uh, But basically, it's like a Manhattan, but instead of sweet vermouth, you do it with dry vermouth. Huh. Uh, So it's it's just whiskey, dry vermouth, vermouth. and then some bitters. And ideally, you'd have a cherry or something, which I don't have on hand. But it's actually really nice. I've never had anything quite like it because it has... Ooh, I want to make one of those because I have all of... I have a cherry and dry (laughs) vermouth Uh and whiskey. And And that's it. And then bitters. Yeah. That's great. Oh, Yeah, it's great. And it's not so like syrupy sweet like a Manhattan can be, which I'm really excited about. Lovely. Very cool. How about you, Dedeker? I'm just having a nice old morning G&T. Oh, good. (laughs) <laughs> oh, God, I love gin and tonics. They're excellent. Do you have a lime in there? No, I'm lime-free. Proud to be. Dedeker. <laughs> Gonna get scurvy. No. <laughs> Jace and I were at, uh, what, it was for your birthday. Do you remember this, Jace? And they, like, handed me a G&T without a lime, and you were like, no, this is not okay. Like, we have to get you a lime. <laughs> this happened fairly recently. That was at Dave & Buster's. And I'm like, it's fine. But it, do- it does make a difference, in my opinion. The lime is very important. It does, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Em? I, I made myself some homemade iced tea this afternoon. And with that, I added some peach puree from a fresh peach that was ripe that I needed to get rid of. And so I pureed that peach. I put in a one single brown sugar cube and then some vodka and some lemon juice and shook it all up. And then I made myself a little sweet peach tea wow. that's spiked. Yeah. It's really that's tasty. Really nice. Do you have mm-hmm. like a nice wraparound porch with a swing on it that you could sit I on wish. while you drink it? No. <laughs> I have four tiny ridiculous porches in this house that mean... <laughs> Do you at least have a little paper fan that you could be fanning yourself with? That would be nice because it's yeah. warm in this room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like that, but I just have my tea. But exactly, I feel like I'm in Georgia Peach. Mm. All righty. Well, what are we doing today? It's another long, long episode day. Another yeah. Four chapters. Many exactly. Chapter day. Yeah, so today we're continuing on our adventure with Ezekiel, and I will tell you there will be some more visions, which I'm very excited about. Hell yeah. Ooh. Yeah, so today we're going to be reading four chapters, 
Ezekiel 9 through 12, and then we're going to be doing Psalms 63 and 64. As we get started, we want to remind everyone to read responsibly and drink responsibly. You can drink along with us or you can listen while you're in the car. But please do not do both at the same time. And with that, Ezekiel chapter 9. in my ears with a loud voice saying, we're starting out with the like bang God here already. did or? Oh, I think we're still on this vision being carried around by the hair. Okay, oh, okay, right. We're still in the middle of that. Yeah. That would be okay. really uncomfortable for like a long period of time, you know? Not cool. Yeah, and then he grabbed me by the hair and pulled me up right next to his oh, mouth hole gosh. and just okay. yelled yeah. straight in my ears. Cause you them that have charge over the city to draw near every man with his destroying weapon in his hand. Behold, six men came from the way of the upper gate, which lies toward the north. Every man with his slaughter weapon in his hand. You know, the slaughter weapon that we all know and love, that we all have. Whatever that may be. (laughs) That classic type of weapon, yeah. Everyone's got one. Yeah, (laughs) cheers. And one man in the midst of them clothed in linen with a writer's inkhorn by his side. Hmm. Uh, is, is this okay. going to be like, what? but the, the pen is deadlier than all of the slaughter weapons. The pen slaughters more than the slaughter weapon. <laughs> Doubtful at this stage, but yeah. They went in and stood beside the brazen altar. The glory of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherub, whereupon it was, to the threshold of the house. And he called to the man clothed in linen who had the writer's inkhorn by his side. Yahweh said to him, go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark on the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry over all the abominations that are done in the midst of it. Is this like the scarlet letter? (laughs) Oh, I was thinking more like at Rocky Horror when you put a V on the head of all the virgins. Oh, I've never Mm. seen that in Rocky Horror. Yeah, if it's your first time going to either a Rocky Horror stage show or, Uh or seeing the film... You call up all everyone who is their first time. You call up all the virgins and just embarrass them and put a V on their forehead and lipstick. And it's good fun, the public shaming. Okay. So that's a, it's biblical. It's from the Bible. That's yeah. very fun. Yes. Yeah, it's from the Bible. Absolutely. <laughs> to the others, he said in my hearing, go you through the city after him and strike. Don't let your eye spare, neither have you pity. Kill utterly the old man, the young man and the virgin Jeez. and little children and women wow. but don't come near any man on whom is the mark and begin at my sanctuary. Wait. Okay. What? Of so, the men that sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done in the midst. So so we're only preserving the lives of the people who are really upset about what's happening to Jerusalem. About all the abominations. And they say man... Is it only men who are going to be upset or maybe little children and women too? That is a little bit odd that mm, we kind of only yeah. include men in that list of good people and then They're we like, kill everybody else. Just kill everyone else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Or is it that I would assume probably in reality, it's like go around and mark the forehead of all of the men who are upset about the abominations and then kill everyone except their families because they're like belongings of them. So you wouldn't, right? you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I hope so. Whatever gets them saved. I mean, I'm sure they're not just going to slaughter everyone except a few men with marks on their heads. I don't know. I mean, it's God. Who knows? That's true. Anything's possible. Yeah. They went forth and struck in the city. It happened while they were smiting and I was left. 
that I fell on my face and cried and said, Ah, Lord Yahweh, will you destroy all the residue of Israel in your pouring out of your wrath on Jerusalem? Ezekiel's pretty reasonable here. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is kind of messed up. Definitely. So far, he's two for two because, you know, he's like, hey, Yahweh, really? You're going to kill just everybody? And also, Yahweh, really? You're going to make me use human poop right. as fuel? Forgot about that. <laughs> he's not, not cool, Yahweh. I, <laughs> yeah. I say no. He's like been the only one so far who has any chutzpah to push back mm-hmm. it's good. against Yahweh. Yeah, it's, it's been a while since we've had characters who was it Joshua? would negotiate with Yahweh. That? No, like Jacob did no, some of it. Jacob, Jacob did, yeah. Abraham did. Abraham did. Abraham. Uh-huh. Did with, David ever? Or was David just always God's special boy? He's like, whatever, I'm fawning God. I feel like David kind of did it by just getting away with everything. Yeah, that's true. But it wasn't like he was commanded to do stuff and said, hey, what if though I actually did something a little different than that? Yeah, David did (laughs) more of a asking for forgiveness rather than permission approach Mm, to negotiating with Yahweh. (laughs) Different tactic. That's true. Just after the fact, you'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It won't happen again. Oh, whoops. And then it did. Okay. Then said he to me, the iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceeding great, and the land is full of blood, the city full of wrestling of judgment. Wrestling. (laughs) Severin's wrestling each other. Uh For they say, Yahweh has forsaken the land, and Yahweh doesn't see. As for me also, my eye shall not spare, neither will I have pity, but I will bring their way on their head. Behold, the man clothed in linen who had the inkhorn by his side reported the matter saying, I've done as you have commanded me. That's the end of chapter nine. So he's just writing stuff down or what? Well, he made all the marks. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's marking so, like, all the people. In the time, in the time that Ezekiel was trying to negotiate with Yahweh, this guy came back. He's like, yeah, I'm done already. Oh. I got them all. Don't worry about it. Did his discretion? Okay. Well, I guess like the people were upset and, and truly crying on the ground or something. It does make you wonder if there weren't very many of them. <laughs> Yikes. It's like, it took me like 10 minutes. Yeah. It's like, Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Chapter 10. Then I looked and see in the expanse that was over the head of the cherubim, there appeared above them as it were a sapphire. In parentheses, it says, or lapis lazuli. So yeah, as always, we don't know which one. Hmm. A sapphire stone as the appearance of the likeness of a throne. This happened last week too. I love the wording choices on some of these. (laughs) So wait wait a minute, wait a minute. It's like a sapphire throne? Is that what they're saying? get, get, Get how many times this is qualified here. In the expanse that was over the head of the cherubim. Okay, so that's where it is. Yeah. There appeared above them as it were a sapphire stone, as the appearance of a likeness of a throne. (laughs) So it looks kind of maybe possibly like a sapphire throne. Yeah, well, again, like we said last time, you know, when the closest proxy you have to describe something is kind of like fire, I I guess. That's a good point. This to me seems like a hedging of like, I guess maybe a throne, but really not a throne that doesn't really do it justice, but I can't really tell you exactly what it was because I don't know what it was. For all I know, God was on a weird blue motorcycle. Blue hologram thing. Oh, they wouldn't know what a motorcycle oh, is. He was on a light cycle. Yeah. One of those light oh, cycles. Yeah. So my partner showed me a bunch of like Lovecraft 
imagery online, uh-huh. and it kind of reminded me of the very first thing that happened in this book. Oh, those, like, with all the multiple faces and weird wings. Yes, and, and, and eyes yes. and, you know, yeah. kind of Medusa-esque out the head and stuff. Yes. Totally. Yeah, it was We haven't mentioned awesome. a lot of tentacles in this book so That's far. That's true. But... Yeah, not yet at least. We'll see if we get there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, this likeness of a throne that may or may not look like a throne and may or may not be sapphire. He spoke to the man clothed in linen and said, go in between the whirling wheels, even under the cherub, and fill both your hands with coals of fire from between the cherubim Ouch. and scatter them over the city. What? Yeah, this is wild. He went in as I watched. Now the cherubim stood on the right side of the house when the man went in, and the cloud filled the inner court. And if we're talking about cherubim, are we talking about the little winged creature baby thing? No, I think this is a conversation we've had also yeah. numerous times on this show. Yeah, these are like the big terrifying oh, angel yeah, yeah. things. With, the, with all the eyes or something? Yeah. We got to do a refresher, maybe on the bonus. They're definitely they're they're much spookier than a naked baby. I'll just put it that yeah. way. Okay, okay, because yeah. it does say cherub, and I'm that you know, naked baby. But okay, guess not. Yeah, yes, cherub didn't become a naked baby until hundreds and hundreds of years after this. At, the, at this time, they were still scary things. So, uh, right. So he, the man went in. This linen-clad man went in to go grab some coals with his bare hands. The glory of Yahweh mounted up from the cherub and stood over the threshold of the house. And the house was filled with the cloud and the court was full of the brightness of Yahweh's glory. The sound of the wings of the cherubim was heard even to the outer is he, court. Is he riding it? Oh, that'd be cool. Maybe it's a helicopter. It says mounted. He mounted the cherubim. Is it like a centaur? <laughs> He's like on the back of this thing and like... Maybe it's a flying motorcycle. Throwing hot coals at people. <laughs> like what? Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, because he's going to drop these coals on the city. They're going to fly yes. up there to so do So he's it. like Hagrid okay. on his flying motorcycle. Okay. Except maybe it has wings. Okay. Right. And it's a human. <laughs> or not. An angel. Not a human. A cherub. Yeah. A cherubim. A terrifying cherubim. Okay, this is pretty rad. Yeah. So, We're going to have to get a big budget. The sound of the wings of the cherubim mm-hmm. was heard even to the outer court as the voice of God Almighty when he speaks. It came to pass when he commanded the man clothed in linen, saying, take fire from between the whirling wheels from between the cherubim, that he went in and stood beside a wheel. The cherub stretched forth his hand from between the cherubim to the fire that was between the cherubim, and took of it and put it into the hands of him who was clothed in linen, who took it and went out. Who's the linen guy? Who's <laughs> that? He was the one with the pen. Okay. Who wrote the the V on or the mark on everyone's forehead. So it's like, is Ezekiel just on the ground watching all this? He's somewhere watching just it. Tripping balls. Yeah, I think he's witness. He's witness. He's somewhere. Maybe somebody's still holding him by the hair. Yeah, anything's possible. Wow. Okay. But so so the guy goes in over by one of the wheels. The cherub grabs from the fire and puts it in the guy's hand. He doesn't scoop it out of the fire himself. Okay. Right? Okay, so he took it and went out. There appeared in the cherubim the form of a man's hand under their wings. I looked and behold, four wheels beside the cherubim, one wheel beside one cherub and another wheel 
beside another cherub. I see where this is going. And the appearance, <laughs> and the appearance of the wheels was like a barrel stone. Barrel, barrel stone? like e e oh barrel yeah like e r y l yeah like a precious a stone yeah yeah okay. Are they like black? Barrels yeah, what does are barrel look yeah, like? It's like very dark. It's like greenish. Okay. It, I mean, like a lot of precious stones, there there can be a lot of variation, but it seems yeah. like predominantly mm. they're okay. either red or green. Okay. okay, cool, cool. Like that. As for their appearance, they four had one likeness, as if a wheel have been within a wheel. Um, okay. Who wrote this? Like, okay. <laughs> they need to do a better job describing. <laughs> so there's, okay, there's four cherubim, mm. right? Four, I didn't make that up. They said four wheels. Yeah, four wheels. Four wheels. Four wheels for four cherubims. Four brides for four Okay, cherubim. a wheel next to every cherubim. Four wheels for four cherubim. Uh-huh. Yes. They're standing next to them. There's an appearance of a man's hand between them. And what about this wheel within? No, under, no the, sorry, under their sorry, wings. Hold on. They're in the cherubim, the form of a man's hand under their wings. Okay. So they had what? some hands that poked out down there. Or a hand. Or just one hand. Yeah. It's hard to say. Tyrannosaur hands under the wings? Like what's happening? I think I, I think this is the passage. A few bonus episodes ago when I was looking into all the ancient aliens theories, they did preview the fact that there's going to be some more quote unquote visitations or visions and some people I think this is the passage where some people interpret the man's hand as like maybe this was some sort of robotic arm or kind of extendable uh, I'm sorry arm that was handing Hmm? I don't know some kind of radioactive isotope or something to this guy who knows good Mm, good good, good. burning coals yeah okay but the wheel within a wheel that's where I got lost yes as for their appearance the four had one likeness as if a wheel have been within a wheel have so that's been. written in this translation. <laughs> have been, yeah. Does does we kind of we did we came across this before though, where there was like yes. wheels turning inside of wheels, like and we wondered if they were or yeah, rims. on different axes rims. or what. That's what it was. It was rims. Right. Rims, yes. Had spinners on the rims, yes. When they went, they went in their four directions. They didn't turn as they went, but to the place where the head looked, they followed it. They didn't turn as they. Oh went. yeah, this was the same as the first time where like they're hovering or floating or moving it so like they're not having to turn their bodies like turn Bo- the wheels body. or turn the vehicle it's it's like they're somehow able to float around well in this this is also specifying that the four went in different directions it seems oh. they all zipped off in their own directions okay. so it said they went in their four directions okay okay and they all went straight ahead their whole body and their backs and their hands. Those are not part of their whole body, apparently. Their whole body and their backs and their hands and their wings and the wheels were full of eyes. Oh, God. Gross. This is horrible. All of it. I don't know. I'm going to no. get nightmares. Like, yeah. I can't. This even, really is intense. Even the wheels that they four had. It's just eyeballs on everything. See, All if I'm trying everything. to overlay that onto alien technology, I would interpret eyes as being mm. some kind of flashing lights, perhaps, okay. or some kind of... Mm. It's like an Independence Day right before oh, the, the yeah. vehicle got like uh. blasted by the alien thing. It was like, we're lights. How fun. We're trying to communicate with right. you. Right. Yeah, that went well. <laughs> okay. As for the wheels, they were called in my hearing. The whirling wheels. Oh, sorry. They were called in my hearing the whirling wheels. I think he heard them call them... 
the whirling. They call them the whirling wheels. Okay. And and this wheels is in brackets, which maybe just means like they were called the whirling. Whirling. What is, okay. As an adjective that must be describing a noun and they assume that's wheels. If I recall, if I recall... Eugene ironically made much more sense of this in sort of a boring way. But I actually would welcome Eugene's boring interpretation of this. Mm. Yeah. I need something yeah, to, let's... you know, sink my teeth into here. <laughs> yeah, let's see what we got here. Okay. Uh, I'm going back to verse nine. Eugene says, And then I saw four wheels beside the cherubim, one beside each cherub. The wheels radiating were sparkling like diamonds in the sun. All four wheels looked alike each like a wheel within a wheel. When they moved, they went in any of the four directions, but in a perfectly straight line. That's an interesting different interpretation than what I understood. Okay. That they could go in any of four directions rather than each one of the cherub went in a different direction. So I wonder. Where the cherubim went, the wheels went straight ahead. The cherubim were full of eyes in their backs, hands, and wings, The wheels, likewise, were full of eyes. I heard the wheels called, quote, wheels within wheels. Uh (laughs) So did we. I I think they called them spinners (laughs) and that they just didn't understand the term and they came up with this. Sure. I'm more uncomfortable with Eugene saying they were full of eyes. Just full full to the brim. Just eyes forever. Can you imagine, like, just seeing something with a million eyes? Like, I really... Very upsetting. I I would run in the other direction really fast. So uncomfortable. Okay, we're going to recap what these cherubim looked like. (laughs) Okay. Everyone had four faces, colon. The first face was the face of the cherub. The second face was the face of a man. The third face, the face of a lion. And the fourth, the face of an eagle. The cherubim mounted up. This is the living creature that I saw by the river Shabar. When the cherubim went, the wheels went beside them. And when the cherubim lifted up their wings to mount up from the earth, the wheels also didn't turn from beside them. (laughs) I guess they flew up with them. When they stood, these stood. And when they mounted up, these mounted up with them. See, now the I'm, spirit of the living creature was in them. Yeah, now I'm developing an image of these cherubim riding on some kind of floating Segway. It is Segway-esque. You're right. (laughs) Or or unicycles, possibly. Like a cool... But like a glowing, like Tron-like unicycle. With eyes all over it. I don't... I hate it. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) The glory of Yahweh went forth from over the threshold of the house and stood over the cherubim. The cherubim lifted up their wings and mounted up from the earth in my sight when they went forth and the wheels beside them. And they stood at the door of the east gate of Yahweh's house and the glory of the God of Israel was over them above. This is the living creature that I saw under the God of Israel by the river Chabar. And I knew that they were cherubim. Everyone had four faces and everyone four wings and the likeness of the hands of a man was under their wings. As for the likeness of their faces, they were the faces which I saw by the river Chabar. 
their appearances and themselves, they went everyone straightforward. So, so I, I feel like as interesting as that was, I think we lost the plot a little bit. Yeah, I don't know what happened, because but it was cool. <laughs> it was rad. It was scary. This book is awesome so far. Because, okay, but what actually happened is the man in linen came back. It's like, it took me like 10 minutes to find the three people who were actually upset about this. And they're like, great, awesome. Take this fire. And they handed him the fire. And then we don't know what he did with the fire. He mm-hmm. took it because then we got distracted by Ezekiel being like, let me describe these cherubim to you one more time. Yes. Yeah. And I think he was stressing that these were the same ones that he saw before, I guess is what he was really driving home at the end there. Yes. Okay. That it was the same creatures that he yeah, saw the their first faces time were the around. same. The, the four faces, four wings, and those faces were the same faces. You know, I've read accounts of people who take DMT, which is a psychoactive, psychedelic substance, Mm -hmm. that multiple people report when they hit a certain threshold of hallucinating. People report actually surprisingly similar alien figures showing up in hallucination. Similar to each other or similar to Ezekiel? What do you mean? Similar to each other. Not related to Ezekiel. Oh, I see. Okay. Remind me to not take DMT. (laughs) Like eyes were all over the place. (laughs) I don't don't think this has been empirically studied because, of course, people could be seated with that idea already, right? They know Mm, that other people mm. have seen aliens when they hallucinate and therefore that's in their brain and therefore they also hallucinate that. But but if I'm not being skeptical, it could be like, oh, weird alien creatures that just somehow are coded into our brains when we're tripping balls. Yeah, they're here all the time and we can only see them Mm, when we're really tripping. Maybe that's what it is. Wow. Alrighty. Okay. Well, should we take a break from oh, that? Let's yes. take a break, <laughs> yes. please. Let's take a moment to regain our composure. Everyone, I recommend just t- taking some deep breaths. Mm. And before we go on, we want to take a quick moment to talk about how you can support this show. If you are loving the heck out of Ezekiel like I am, tell your friends about it. You know, maybe they've been hesitant before, but you're like, dude... This is the trippiest, wildest stuff that you would not believe is in the Bible. Please come check it out. Bring bring them along. Bring them to the live shows. Get them to check this out. It's a a ton of fun. Uh, I'm loving it. This This book is already way exceeding my expectations. So please bring your friends along. Have them start at the beginning of Ezekiel and check it out with us. Also, if this show is something that you love and you want it to keep growing and you're able to contribute a little bit each month for us to help grow this show and keep it going, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash study. There, we just have one tier. And if you join that, we will offer you things as a thank you, like a personal toast on the show, early access to episodes, and Emily's drink recipes along with photos every week and just an awesome community. And we really appreciate you for helping us keep this show going. Lastly, if you want to join us in our Facebook group, Drunk Bible Study Fans and Fellowship, that's open to everyone. Come down, check it out, and hang out. And we're back. On the break, I actually did go and pet the dog because I felt like I needed something to ground me in reality. I need something too. Okay, I understand you. Dog, one face, cute. Yes. Furry. I understand it. I did pet the cat. I pet the cat. It was good. Yeah. Only two eyeballs in the right place. Only two eyeballs. (laughs) Walks in multiple directions, but on four legs. No appearance of the likeness of the hands of a man anywhere. Thank goodness. Oh, like, yes. It was good. It was really good to have that touchstone, actually. Whew. 
Alrighty, well, here we go. <laughs> On to chapter 11. Moreover, the Spirit lifted me up and brought me to the east gate of Yahweh's house, which looks eastward, and see at the door of the gate 25 men, and I saw in the midst of them Jazaniah, the son of oh, Zur. Different Jazaniah, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's the same one? I don't know. I think it's it's the same Jazaniah. Yeah, okay. Son of Azur. And Pelatiah? Peloton. Pelatiah. The son of Beniana. Beniah. Oh, is that Benihana? Princes of the people. It looks like Benihana. Beni- I think that's who we used to call Benihana. Yeah, I think that's Benihana. Or at least the same name. Yeah. It looks like Benihana to me. Princes of the people. He said to me, son of man, These are the men who devise iniquity and who give wicked counsel in this city, who say the time is not near to build houses. This city is the cauldron and we are the flesh. Ew, what? Therefore, (laughs) I just saw what Eugene wrote here. What did he say? He said, um, yeah, these are the men who draw blueprints for sin, who think up new programs for evil in this city. They say, we can make anything happen here. We are the best. We are the choice pieces of meat in the soup pot. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Why would you say that about yourself? I yeah, that's really weird. That. <laughs> Therefore, prophecy against them, prophecy, son of man, the spirit of Yahweh fell on me. And he said to me, I, how would that? That's kind of weird. Like, well, this has happened before where he said like, it fell on you and where like he falls on his face. The spirit yeah. falls on him and basically forces him to stand up. So it's some sort of oh. God power moving yeah. him. Yeah, maybe like a possession, you know, like yeah. where the okay. spirit like jumps into yeah. him and then... But of Yahweh, like that's that's some intense stuff. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. The spirit of Yahweh fell on me and he said to me, speak, thus says Yahweh. Thus have you said, house of Israel, for I know the things that come into your mind. You have multiplied your slain in this city, and you have filled the streets of it with the slain. Therefore, thus says Lord Yahweh, your slain, whom you have laid in the midst of it, they are the flesh. And this city is the cauldron, but you shall be brought forth out of the midst of it. Okay, okay. So I gotta I gotta jump back in here because Eugene is continuing his metaphor from before. Please do. He says the corpse so this is again Yahweh speaking through Ezekiel. Uh-huh. The corpses that you've piled in the streets are the meat, and this city is the soup pot, and you're not even in the pot. Is that good? Is that bad? I'm throwing you out. <laughs> I don't want to be in that pot. I think that's good. Yeah, what does that mean? I think it's an insult, though. I think he's like, these were the good ones, all the ones you killed in your garbage meat. Jeez. Sure. It's really, it's it's really, this metaphor's kind of gotten away from everyone. Yeah, it really has. You have feared the sword, and I will bring the sword on you, says the Lord Yahweh. I will bring you forth out of the midst of it and deliver you into the hands of strangers and will execute judgments among you. Okay. So they're going to die. Yeah, it's going to punish them somehow. You shall fall by the sword. I will judge you in the border of Israel. There it is. And you shall know that I am Yahweh. This city shall not be your cauldron. Neither shall you be the flesh in the midst of it. I will judge you in the border of Israel, and you shall know that I am Yahweh. For you have not walked in my statutes, neither have you executed my ordinances, but have done after the ordinances of the nations that are round about you. Mm. It happened when I prophesied that 
Helatiah, the son of Benihana, died. Whoa. Oh, oh goodness. Dang. He just like talked at him and he just fell over and died. He died. Wow. I guess. Then I fell down on my face and cried with a loud voice and said, Ah, Lord Yahweh, will you make a full end of the remnant of Israel? Asking the same question, like, Yahweh, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. How is this productive? That's funny. Yeah, it's fascinating that he's like not all about everything that Yahweh does. And Yahweh's like, ah, hand waving it away. I'm doing it. I think it's been a while since we've read a book where this I say this far into the book. It's only three episodes in. But this far into the book, I'm still on our main character's side. It's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's I true. Think he hasn't lost in yet. most other books, by this time, I'm like, Jeremiah, you're kind of a bummer. I don't like you anymore. But I yeah. still like Ezekiel. Yeah. Yeah. I think Ezekiel is sort of acting as the viewer or the reader. And it, like, he's, he's really like, what is happening right now? Mm. This is nuts. I don't know what's what's occurring. Why is God doing this, etc. Like we all are. There's also something really humanizing about the fact that he writes in first person. Yeah, yeah, that Which does is, help, right? Because then you're kind of like, oh yeah, I'm I'm kind of viewing it in his position instead of yeah. this weird kind of I'm writing about myself and all the awesome things I did, but in third person. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Yeah. I appreciate that. There should be more of that. The word of Yahweh came to me saying, Son of man, your brothers, even your brothers, the men of your relatives, and all the house of Israel, all of them are they to whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, Get you far from Yahweh. To us is the land given for a possession. Therefore say, Thus says the Lord Yahweh, Whereas I have removed them far off among the nations, and whereas I have scattered them among the countries, yet will I be to them a sanctuary for a little while in the countries where they are come. Okay, so I'm still like there for them, except for these guys who I'm going to kill them or something. Yeah, like I'll still kind of be there for some of the people, even when they're scattered to other places. I guess, yeah. Hmm. Therefore say, thus says the Lord Yahweh, I will gather you from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. Mm. They shall come there, and they shall take away all the detestable things of it and all the abominations of it from there. I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh. Good. <laughs> Get rid of the stone heart, put in a flesh and heart. put in That's a real heart. Better. Yeah. yeah. A good old meat heart. Exactly. <laughs> that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. But as for them whose heart walks after the heart of their detestable things and their abominations, I will bring their way on their own heads, says Lord Yahweh. Yeah, so we're kind of prophesying the same sort of stuff that, I mean, really all of the prophets up to this point have been, or at least the, the recent ones. Yeah. Where he's kind of saying this thing of like, you're all going to get scattered to the winds. I'll still be with you. The people who weren't the bad ones, I'm going to mess them up. Yeah. But like, I'll still kind of be with you and eventually I'm going to bring you back here and you're going to get this land back. Or it's your all kids gonna be great, are... but, but you're going to get rid of all those idols and stuff because I'm just sick of that. Yeah, but I'm like, over it. So it's, it's kind of that same prophecy, but told in a way more exciting way. Yeah. Well done, Ezekiel. <laughs> then did the cherubim lift up their wings and the wheels were beside them oh. and the glory of the God of Israel was over them above. The glory of Yahweh went up from the midst of the city and stood on a mountain which is on the east side of the city. The Spirit lifted me up, 
and brought me in the vision by the Spirit of God into Chaldea to them of the captivity. So the vision that I had seen went up from me. Then I spoke to them of the captivity, all the things that Yahweh had shown me. So he's saying like the vision's gone. I don't know what happened. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Did we start this whole thing in Chaldea, a.k.a. Babylon? Is that when this whole vision started? I don't don't know. I thought he was, wasn't he like by a river amazed for like seven days? I forget where he was geographically. Wasn't he at home doing his little Warhammer games and reenactments? Right, with all his miniatures. Yeah. So I'm looking at Eugene's translation of this last couple verses here. It says, then still in the vision given to me by the Spirit of God, the Spirit took me and carried me back to the exiles in Babylon. And then the vision left me. I told the exiles everything that God had shown me. So it's like he came to in Babylon and then told them all, yo, let me tell you about some wheels with eyes. Yeah. This is also not the first time that he's woken up somewhere else. Oh, really? Is that? So he wandered all the way to Babylon here too? That happened the first time where he ended up somewhere and he's like, oh, Gosh, how oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Whoa, this is so cool. It's you again. Oh, gosh, it's me again, huh? It's time. It's me again. Okay, going to bring it home with Ezekiel chapter 12. Okay. The word of Yahweh also came to me saying, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of the rebellious house who have eyes to see and don't see, who have ears to hear and don't hear, for they are a rebellious house. And Therefore, You, son of man, prepare you stuff for removing. And remove... What kind of stuff? Stuff for removing. Eugene translates as, pick up your exile duffel bags. What? What is is he mean by that? Like, you're getting out of here. I think he's saying like your your go bag. So, your your bug out bag. Your bug out bag, exactly. Okay. Your exile duffel bags. If wow. I ever have a bug out bag, I'm going to call them my exile <laughs> duffel bags. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, boy. And remove by day in their sight, and you shall remove from your place to another place in their sight. It may be they will consider, though they are a rebellious house. Okay, so it's kind of, this is going to be an object lesson. You're going to let people know you're bugging out. You're, oh, I see. Do it so everyone can see you. Everyone can see okay. that you're a GTFOing. He has to like mm-hmm. make a spectacle of himself. My goodness. Well, but he just said it's so that hopefully some might see and go, uh, oh, this is serious. Yeah. I should GTFO too. Okay. Yes. Okay. You shall bring forth your stuff by day in their sight as stuff for removing, and you shall go forth yourself at even in their sight as when men go forth into exile. Dig you through the wall in their sight and carry out this their body. Shawshank Redemption shit right <laughs> yeah, now. <seriously>. Okay, <laughs> literally, he's Andy Dufresne. Maybe we need I to cast that. Tim Robbins as old Ezekiel. <laughs> Ryan Gosling can become Tim Robbins. I don't know. <laughs> sure. I don't know. I just like the idea, though, of he picks a spot on the wall that's about six feet away from the gate and just decides to <laughs> dig his way through. Is that, is that necessary? I don't think so. <laughs> wow. Okay. In their sight shall you bear it on your shoulder and carry it forth in the dark. You shall cover your face that you don't see the land. For I have set you for a sign to the house of Israel. I did so as I was commanded. 
I brought forth my stuff by day stuff. as stuff for removing. What stuff do you think Ezekiel's I don't know, man. acting his go back? I don't know. <laughs> All his well, miniatures. Yeah. His Samantha friend. in the chat just said, it's just dirty underwear and hallucinogenics. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, okay. That's everything I need. I would believe Maybe that a water too. bottle. Yeah. Definitely need some water. And in the even, I dug through the wall with my hand. I brought it forth in the dark and bore it on my shoulder in their sight. In the morning came the word of Yahweh to me, saying, Son of man, has not the house of Israel, the rebellious house, said to you, What do you? <laughs> no, Israel was like, Yeah, this is pretty normal They're for this guy. <laughs> exactly. Ezekiel's like, Actually, no, no one spoke to me. <laughs> Actually, they were, they were okay all with too it. Weirded out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just let me do my thing. Say you to them, Thus says the Lord Yahweh. This burden concerns the prince in Jerusalem and all the house of Israel among whom they are. Say, I am your sign. Like as I have done, so shall it be done to them. They shall go into exile, into captivity. The prince who is among them shall bear on his shoulder in the dark and shall go forth. They shall dig through the wall to carry out thereby. He shall cover his face because he shall not see the land with his eyes. My net also will I spread on him and he shall be taken in my snare and I will bring him to Babylon, to the land of the Chaldeans. Yet shall he not see it, though he shall die there. Who's this he? I will scatter. Who's the he? It's sort of one, one, the, a generic person. Just anyone that's bad? Yeah, a generic bad Israelite. Okay. Yeah, the generic Israelite. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm realizing now that this whole thing is performance art that Yahweh has instructed oh, Ezekiel oh, to perform. Yeah. Some, he like enacted this art. whole Isn't prison break scene. Yeah, isn't, yeah, isn't a lot yeah. of what these boys do, these prophets, but, this really is. I guess, but it's like with Jeremiah, right? His like big performance pieces was like, Sulking. I'm going to smash to this pot or I'm going to put this yoke on and then like preach from it and be like, look, we're all in a yoke, everybody. It was, it was definitely but, more object lessons. Yeah. This is right. much more performance art. Yeah, exactly. Right. This is like you watch this guy digging through the wall in his house with a duffel bag. He's and performing like, a play. Covering yeah. his yeah. eyes and wandering about and everyone's like, what is going on? He's like, this is going to be you. Yeah. I am everyone. You know, that, <laughs> that kind of a thing. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I will scatter toward every wind all who are round about him to help him and all his bands, and I will draw out the sword after them. They shall know that I am Yahweh when I shall disperse them among the nations and scatter them through the countries. But I will leave a few men of them from the sword, from the famine, and from the pestilence, that they may declare all their abominations among the nations where they come, and they shall know that I am Yahweh. Abomination of the nation. Classic, yeah. Moreover, the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Son of man, eat your bread with quaking mm. and drink your water with trembling and with fearfulness and tell the people of the land, thus says the Lord Yahweh concerning the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the land of Israel, they shall eat their bread with fearfulness and drink their water in dismay that her land may be desolate and despoiled of all that is therein because of the violence of all those who dwell there. The cities that are inhabited shall be laid waste and the land shall be a desolation and you shall know that I am Yahweh. The word of Yahweh came to me saying, son of man, what is this proverb that you have in the land of Israel saying the days are prolonged and every vision fails? What? Tell them therefore. Yeah, you well, know that old know, proverb. Can you tell us that one? Because I'm not, not familiar <laughs> with that. The days are prolonged and every vision fails. What's Eugene have to say about that proverb? Were proverbs before this book? Well, a proverb just is a thing. It's like a 
like a saying. Yeah, a saying proverb. A, yeah, yeah. So the book of Proverbs just is a collection of some Proverbs. Got it. It's not okay. like they're referencing that book. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, so he says, Son of man, what's this proverb making the rounds in the land of Israel that says... Everything goes on the same as ever. All the prophetic writings are false alarms. Oh, okay. Interesting. So that's what every vision fails. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Like prophetic visions don't come true. I see. So it's just, it's just same old, same old. Like, don't worry. Nothing's going to yes. change. Tell them, therefore, thus says the Lord Yahweh, I will make this proverb to cease and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. <laughs> no more memes. <laughs> yeah. Sick of this meme. Hate it. But tell them the days are at hand and the fulfillment of every vision. For there shall be no more false vision nor flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am Yahweh. I will speak and the word that I shall speak shall be performed. It shall be no more deferred. For in your days, rebellious house, will I speak the word and will perform it, says the Lord Yahweh. Okay, again, the word of Yahweh came to me saying, Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, the vision that he sees is for many days to come, and he prophesies of times that are far off. Therefore tell them, thus says the Lord Yahweh, there shall none of my words be deferred any more, but the word which I shall speak shall be performed, says the Lord Yahweh. So he's really driving home. No, 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 I mean it this time. No, I mean it this time. Did he not mean it the other times? Come on. Well, no, I think it's that if you think about Jeremiah, and like even more so with the, the prophets before that, where they're like, hey, this is going to happen, but like in a while. And, you know, and finally Ezekiel's like, no, 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 it's been a while and now it's happening now. This is, this is going to happen right now. Right this now. is not, it, there's not your kids to deal with. This is right now going to happen to you. And that is, that is new, right? No one's yeah. been able to say that yet because it was still yeah. always in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So the 70 years have what come ride. to fruition, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a lot of amazing performance wow. art. Definitely. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. yeah, I don't I really don't know if this book can keep the pace that it currently is, but I'm here for yeah, it. It's yeah, it's really continuing that high, high energy. Yeah. Yeah. That high, high energy. Yeah, very, yeah. Very, very high, high if you know energy. what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's bring it down with some psalms, shall we? Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> we gotta hear yes, David do some do some stuff. <laughs> And now it's time for Silly Psalms with DBS, the part of the show where DBS reads some psalms. Psalm 63, a psalm by David when he was in the desert of Judah. God, you are my God. I will earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you. Oh, I bet it my does. flesh longs for you. Wow. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have seen you in the sanctuary, watching your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. This is, it's been a while since we had a really erotic really song. Really erotic. <laughs> so I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with the richest food. My mouth shall praise you with joyful lips I well. when I remember you on my bed. Well, <laughs> and I think, yeah. Oh my. Oh dear. <laughs> 
My mouth shall praise you with joyful lips when I remember you on my bed and think about you in the night watches. David. (laughs) David, calm down. Just simmer a bit. (laughs) Maybe. For you have been my help. I will rejoice in the shadow of your wings. My soul stays close to you. Your right hand holds me up. But those who seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be jackal food. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him will praise him. For the mouth of those who speak lies shall be silenced. Hey, wow. That was a thirsty song. Yeah, it really was. All right, let's do 64. For the chief musician, a psalm by David. By the way, if 69 isn't some erotic shit too, I'm going to be very (laughs) sad. We'll get there soon. (laughs) Hear my voice, God, in my complaint. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the conspiracy of the wicked, from the noisy crowd of the ones doing evil, who sharpen their tongue like a sword, and aim their arrows deadly words, and to shoot innocent men from ambushes. They shoot at him suddenly and fearlessly. They encourage themselves in evil plans. They talk about laying snares secretly. They say, who will see them? They plot injustice, saying, We have made a perfect plan. Surely man's mind and heart are cunning, but God will shoot at them. They will be suddenly struck down with an arrow. Their own tongues shall ruin them. All who see them will shake their heads. All mankind shall be afraid. They shall declare the work of God and shall wisely ponder what he has done. The righteous shall be glad in Yahweh and shall take refuge in him. All the upright in the heart shall praise him. Cool, David. Well done. So, yeah, Psalm 63 (laughs) that Jace read, it made me realize, so Emily, I don't know if you know this, but there's sort of a, I guess I would call it a meme, a little bit of a trope in contemporary Christian music. And I can only sum it up as asking the question, girlfriend or God? Yeah, I've heard of those for sure. Yeah, so it's the idea Mm -hmm. of a lot of contemporary Christian, especially pop music, has these lyrics that are very romantic. But you can take out God and put in girlfriend and then it's just like a romance song. Right, exactly, where allegedly it's about God. But yeah, if if you didn't make it about God, it would just be a romance song. And now I realize with that psalm, this is a very, very old tradition. Yeah, (laughs) clearly. It's been going on for a very long time. David maybe started it. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that really... Really, CCM is just being true to, to David's roots that he started this whole thing. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just always makes me think of the, the South Park episode where Cartman starts a Christian band. Yeah. And it's that same thing. He just takes actual love songs or like songs about sex and just swaps out the words for, you know, Christ, God, Savior, whatever. You know, so it's like once, twice, three times my savior. And you just kind of like parodies these things. Amazing. I love it. And then, of course, ends up incredibly successful, like you do. Of course. Like you would. Well, we have a toast. Yeah. Who's our toast to? Christy. Yeah. Yeah. Christy. Christy. Thank you, Christy. We so appreciate your support. Yay. Thank you for being a part of this fun, wacky Bible series that we're doing. (laughs) 
Bible study while being drunk. It's a blast. Alrighty. Well, thank you all for joining us for Bible study today. If you want even more drunk Bible study, including early releases, cocktail recipes, personal toasts on the show, and more, become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash drunk Bible study. If you enjoy the show, take a moment to subscribe and then write us a nice review on iTunes, letting other people know what you like about it. You can join fellow listeners in the Drunk Bible Study Fans and Fellowship Facebook group. Find us on Twitter at Drunk Bible Cast, on Instagram at Drunk Bible Study, or send us an email to info at drunkbiblestudy.com. Drunk Bible Study is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Dedeker Winston, and me, Emily Matlack. Our theme song is Book Club by Josh and Anand from their album Home of the The The. For more information, visit us at drunkbiblestudy.com. I made a memory about your dad. He's in a book club